wish I had some people in the building tonight that still remember what God has done for you in this place. I wish I had just about 200 people in the building that can still remember the pit that God brought you out of. You can still remember the change that he broke for you. You can still remember the walls that he brought down for you. Woo! I know it's Tuesday night, but is there anybody that remembers what God has done for them? I like all these new songs. How can I forget? How can I forget what you've done for me? I can say, well, I'm going to tell you what I still love is them old songs. When I think about Jesus, what is done for me? When I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I can dance, dance, dance all night. I wish I had somebody in the building that would go ahead. Hey, when I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. How he set me free, I can dance, 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 dance. to get into that dress you want to wear. I can't buy an amen in the building. You don't mind going to the gym to sweat, to try to get a little pump, but baby, you're going to come in the house of the Lord and complain that it's too hot to dance. The devil is a whole lie. I need somebody to break the back of the enemy right now. Surprise in this place. I'm gonna give y'all, I'm gonna give y'all a time-saving tip and a money-saving tip. Just cancel your gym membership for the summer and make sure to get your praise on when you come to the house of God. You can save money and get in shape right here in the house of the Lord. I want somebody to take about 60 seconds and tell God I'm about to give you my best praise. Come on, give it to him tonight.
have to go to work today? Did anybody go to work today? How many of you were good Christians and gave your best today? Come on, raise your hand if you tried to give your best today. How many of you worked more than two hours today? How many of you worked more than four hours today? Six hours, eight hours, ten hours. I'm going to tell you what. I refuse to give 8, 10, 12 hours a day of my life to my employer and work and sweat and labor and then come to the house of God and put my leftovers on the altar and put the last dregs of my inner. I'm tired. I got ahead. You wasn't tired when you clocked in at 8 o'clock in the morning. You got up and did what you had to do. Baby, your God is better to you uh, than your employer ever thought about being. Uh, I wish somebody had the revelation uh, that he's Jehovah Jireh. God's my provider. God's my way maker. So I'm going to give God my best tonight. I wish you would open your mouth and scream in this house. You ought to lift both of your hands and give him the glory. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Woo! I still believe what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I wish I had some Bible readers in the building tonight. If you believe that, clap your hands one more time and give God a praise for the promise of his word tonight. You excited to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday night? Woo! High five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Woo! One old writer said, joy, joy. Oh, great joy. Joy, joy. Down in my soul, sweet, beautiful, soul-saving joy. I wish I had a choir. Oh, joy, joy in my soul. Anybody got the joy of the Lord tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to take just a moment. You can be seated tonight. Unless you can't be seated, then you can stand, you can run the aisles, you can keep on giving God the praise. I want to say what a privilege it is tonight to have our guest in the house of the Lord with us. Come on, would you help me make some noise and help make our guests welcome tonight? We can do a little bit better than that. Help me make some noise. Amen. We are so excited that you're here in the house of the Lord with us tonight. We are standing in a flow of God's anointing and power that is absolutely incredible. Was anybody blessed by what the Lord did this past weekend here at the Rock Church? If you were not here, you absolutely missed out on the greatest VBS we have ever had at the Rock Church. Can I get a witness in here tonight? God did some absolutely incredible things this past week. We had 12 people receive the Holy Ghost throughout VBS this past week. I think we ought to give God a great big praise for that tonight. Two more were baptized on Sunday as a result of what happened in this building here. We're thankful, we're thankful for what the Lord is doing. I want to again take a very brief opportunity to recognize and give great, great appreciation to our children's pastor and pastor's wife, Pastor and Lady Hammond. Would you help me make some noise of thankfulness tonight for them and their ministry? 
How many of you would help me keep on giving God some praise for all of the kids on staff and all of the volunteers that help make VBS help. Come on, help me make some noise tonight. Amen. I don't know how they do it, but every year they keep making it better and better and better and better. And this year was no exception. Amen. Thursday night, Pastor Hammond delivered a powerful word from God. And there were young people praying and receiving the Holy Ghost. Friday night, Brother Collins preached mightily under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And we had, I think, four more kids receive the Holy Ghost Friday night. Saturday, Sister Hammond ministered powerfully in this house. There was an incredible move of God. And then Sunday, what a word from God, from Pastor Hammond. He delivered his heart, preached his testimonies, his testimony. The altar filled up, and God did such an incredible work. And we're thankful for that tonight. And uh, we're excited about what God's going to be doing in this house. How many of you have been blessed by the ministry of our evangelist, Brother White, the past several weeks in this house? Come on, would you stand on your feet and give God a praise tonight for the evangelist? Amen. 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 I felt so deeply in my spirit this week in prayer that God is positioning us for something absolutely mind-blowing that is about to unfold in the Rock Church of Fort Myers. And I don't know about you tonight, but I do not want to miss out on what God is doing in this place. Amen. I don't want to be on the bench. I don't want to be in the back. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I want to be right in the middle of everything God is doing in this place. Amen, somebody. Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise as our evangelist comes to deliver the word. Come on, Brother White. Well, come on, why don't you lift your voice with that hand clap tonight? Come on, lift your voice to the King of Kings. Come on, God's walking these aisles. Why don't you let him know that you love him, that you're thankful? God, we need you, Lord. I love you, God. Oh, Jesus, we need you in the house, Lord. I'm very honored and thankful once again to be with you all. I know you've heard me say it so many times. You're probably tired of hearing me say it. But I am truly thankful. I'm thankful for all the kindness you all have shown me. And uh, I hope that I am a little bit of a blessing to you all. And uh, as much as you have been to myself. And uh, I just, I just want to see what God is doing. I believe that God's not done here yet. We, you saw 12 receive the Holy Ghost this week. Now let me tell you, whenever the Lord decides to give me a wife and we have children, I pray to God that our children's ministry program, wherever we may reside, is as strong as the one that you all have here. Hey, what you don't realize is this Holy Ghost that they got, it'll keep that filth off the internet. It'll keep a poor mama from being up all night stressed about where her kids are. Because when they get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will tell them, you, you need to do the right things. And I'm so thankful to know that so many have received the Holy Ghost this week. Hey, it's just the beginning. Hey, we're, we're not getting close to wrapping up. Now, I might not be here, but hey, we're, God's still pouring out his spirit in this last days. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful. I give honor to your pastor and his wife. I love the Williams family so very much. And uh, I was trying to give Isaac some time with his baby. That's why my head looks a mess. But I'm getting back in that barber shop sooner or later. But I love him, and I, I appreciate uh, his, his concern for making sure that I look well. And I, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for Brother Judah Williams. I appreciate his friendship and him being so kind toward me. I'm going to turn your attention to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. 
while you're turning, I give honor to my pastor, Pastor Nathan Holmes. I love him so very much. I know you've shouted, you've danced, you're probably tired, but just hold on with me a little while. I, I'm, I'm aware of the time. I'm going to do my best not to preach you too long, but just preach with me and we'll get out of here in time. I promise, okay? The Bible says, And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Everybody say, a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Tonight, I'm going to preach to you from a simple thought, and that is, What manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? If you don't mind setting your Bible down, stretch your hand toward this pulpit and ask God to help us in the remainder of this service. Come on, church. Let's pray like we know how to pray. God, we need you. Lord, I believe that you've got a word to speak to your people tonight. God, I am but your humble servant. I'm asking you, God, anoint these lips of clay, God. Hide me behind your cross, Lord. I'm believing, God, that it is your will and desire to fill somebody else with the Holy Ghost tonight. God, move in this house. Speak to our hearts and minds, God. And we owe you yes, and we owe you amen. Come on, shout in Jesus' name, church. Oh, come on, shout it like you know it. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, we love you, Jesus. Oh, you may be seated tonight. There is many people in this world, there are many people in this world that question the deity of Christ. There are many people who want us to believe that he is not whom he claimed himself to be. There are many people that want us to believe that Jesus is not mighty God in Christ, but rather he is a, a second bipartisan. But I, I want to send notice to the devil tonight, and I want to give the devil a bad night tonight, and I want to let everybody in this building know that Jesus is almighty God. Well, I wish I had some oneness Pentecostals that would preach that with me right now. Jesus is almighty God. There ain't nobody beside him. There ain't nobody above him. There ain't nobody beneath him. He alone is God. And tonight, I, I understand that I tend to preach oneness a lot. And you might be tired of my message, but I, I want to preach it till hell gets nervous. I want to preach it till it gets a hold of somebody. I want to preach it till you eat, breathe, and sleep this oneness doctrine. Why? Because it's the only way that can save. It's the only way that can deliver. You ain't going to get deliverance any other way but through Jesus. And, and I've, I've gotten, found myself a little bit aggravated and agitated and frustrated. Because I, I, I'm sitting in classes with people who deem themselves to be scholars and theologians. And, and, and recently I, I had to read a book and it was called Why Pentecostals Read the Bible Wrong. And I knew that was going to be interesting. And I thought to myself, now I'm either going to get in trouble in this class or I'm going to give somebody revelation. And I'm going to tell you, the, the, it, it's kind of tough sometimes when you don't know what you're talking about, but I'm thankful to know I, I, I know who he is. 
I don't wonder about it. I don't question it. I learned a long time ago who Jesus is. Hey, I know Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. All these three are one. Let me tell you who Jesus is. He's not a weak God. He's not a sent God. He's the only God. He's the only one that can deliver. He's the only one that can redeem us. But in the scripture I brought your attention to, we see that Jesus is asleep on a boat. Now I'm not going to lie to you. There was many ways that I thought I could go with this message tonight. Matter of fact, I wasn't sure which direction implicitly that I would go. But one thing I do want to point out as a preacher pause is that if you are going through a storm and if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to understand tonight that it's just a storm and our God speaks to the wind and he speaks to the waves and he tells it to calm down. He tells it to quiet its mouth. He tells it you need to be calm right now. Why? Because even though I might be in a storm, I've got the God of the universe on my side. So he's, he's asleep on the He's not concerned. You know, the Bible tells us that the wind goes where, listen, it, it, it don't have no, nobody can tell the wind what to do. So when this man stands on a boat and he says, hey, wind, you need to stop right now. When, when he looks at the waves and he says, hey, you need to calm down right now. You, you need to stop all the roaring. You need to stop rocking the boat. It was, not, it was no mistaking it that these men were in awe of this man who could tell the winds and waves what to do. You want to know what I think the biggest issue in Pentecost is as of late? So many of us, we've come into this house, we've been filled with the Holy Ghost, been baptized in Jesus' name, and the biggest problem we face now is that we have lost the wonder of God's power. We sit in this building and we can't be moved. We sit in this building and the music can't move you. The bishop can't move you. Nothing can move. God couldn't move you. And you, wanna, you wonder why your life's falling apart. I'm here to tell you, you better not lose the wonder of this salvation. How could a God who is above all things, how could a God love me so much that he wrapped himself in flesh? And even when I live a life of sin, I can come to an altar and be redeemed. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I haven't lost the wonder. That's why some people dance a little bit easier than others. You ever, you ever notice in Pentecost when people first get baptized, they be dancing in the baptismal tank. They change clothes and come down to the altar and dance. Then they get the Holy Ghost and dance. And then the, the, the first song, it don't matter if it's a slow song or fast song, they dance. It's because they, they, they haven't lost that wonder. And, and you, you know what's, what the problem is? It's not that them dancing. The problem is a bunch of third and fourth generation Pentecostals go up and say they'll lose it eventually. They won't, they won't be that excited about salvation. They, they won't be that excited eventually. One day they're going to come in and the choir is going to be rocking and they ain't going to want to dance like that no more. They're going to get tired of it. Let me tell you something. It's been 15 long years. I hadn't got tired yet. I've been running for Jesus a long time and I ain't got tired yet. I ain't lost the wonder of salvation. Thank God he saved me. Thank God he rescued me. Matter of fact, I remember... When I was just a young man, the Mississippi Mass Choir, that, you know, that Mississippi, the one thing we have pride in is that Mississippi Mass Choir. You, 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 you couldn't tell nobody in the state of Mississippi, Baptist, Catholic, nobody, you couldn't tell them the Mississippi Mass Choir wasn't the baddest choir. And I still stand by it. Well, they, they, they're not as good as the Rock Church Choir, but I got some of you today, man, thank God. But the Mississippi Mass Choir, they used to sing that song, I've been running for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired yet. Been running for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired yet. I've been running for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired yet. 
been running for Jesus a long time. I'm not tired yet. Then she said, I've been singing and shouting a long time. Well, I wish some of you wouldn't get tired right now. You might have been doing it for 50 and 30 years. Hey, but you don't need to get tired and lose the wonder of this salvation. What manner of man is this that he's concerned about me? He was concerned about you. That's why he came and did what he did. That's why he went to an old rugged cross. That's why he bled out of his side. Because he was concerned about me. I'm not tired yet. And when I get 50 and 60 and 70 years old, I won't be tired then. Hey, because he's brought me over too many mountains. He's brought me through too many valleys. He's brought me over so many battles. Let me tell you something. You better not lose the wonder of this salvation. There's some folks ain't got it. There's some folks seeking after it. Don't you lose the wonder. Speaking of the gym, Bishop was talking about that earlier, about to convict me, because I decided to go to the gym. Now, I know you probably all think I'm so fit. I know. But I'm out of shape. You know, I'm supposed to, I'm, rounds of shape, you know, Bishop said. Rounds of shape, but I still I ain't even round. I just kind of everything but the right shape. So I decided to go to the gym. And I, I, I signed up for the gym. I got to talking. You know, when you really love this message, when you ain't tired of the message, you'll find a way to put it in conversation everywhere. And, and my trainer, he probably was wondering. Now, obviously, he's not doing his job well. But he probably was wondering, why this crack pipe come to this gym with pants on and a long sleeve shirt? He probably got to wondering a little bit about it. I, you know, I don't, I don't compromise on holiness just because of where I'm at, you know. And if you're offended by that, you might be needing to pray in the altar tonight. But Hey, I'm, I'm holy in this pulpit. I'm holy when you see me at Walmart. I'm holy when I go to the gym. I, I, hey, I'm going to cover up because that's what God coming. Hey, I ain't got tired of holiness either. I ain't got tired of the oneness message. I ain't got tired of holiness. I ain't got tired of the Holy Ghost. I ain't got tired of Pentecost. I love it. I love it. I'm not tired of it. And, and so this, this man, he starts talking to me. And he finally says, what do you do? I said, well, I live a sedentary lifestyle. I said, you know, I just pretty much sit at a desk or, and study all day. I said, I'm a preacher. He said, really? He said, I've been in Fort Myers for several months. He said, I, I ain't been to church yet. He said, so I might come down there. Where is it at? I gave him the church. He looked it up, all this stuff. We got to talking, let me tell you. He thought he knew who Jesus was, so I got done with him. He said, he said, I ain't never heard some of that stuff. He said, I, I, thought, I, I thought I was raised Catholic, not me, him. He said, I was raised Catholic, and I thought I knew everything about Jesus. I said, well, let me tell you. I said, you ought to come to church tonight. He said he was going to come in here, obviously, but guess what? I got an appointment with him tomorrow. I'm going to be like, where were you yesterday, brother? Hey, because when you're not tired of the message, you don't let the pressure of the world keep you from telling people about Jesus. We were in an open gym in downtown Fort Myers and we were talking about Jesus. We were talking about the one, we were talking about how God can deliver, how God is a redeemer, and only through his blood have I been set free. But see, I, didn't lose, I hadn't lost the wonder. Because it's still, it's still, gets to me sometimes to consider this holy God, this holy righteous God, this God who, who he, he already had praise going on in heaven. He already had a throne set up in a heavenly kingdom. He already had all these things and, and he came to his own, the, the Jews, 
But for whatever reason, he looked down and saw a bunch of Gentiles needed redemption. And he said, I, 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 can't, I can't get the Jews to convert, so I might as well get the Gentiles. And, and this God looked throughout time. You realize that. He looked throughout time, and, and he saw me, and, and he saw you. And he said, I, I'm going to make a way when there was no way. Because in times past, you were not a people. But now I'm going to make you a people. Now I'm going to give you a way of escape from death, hell, and the grave. Now I'm going to give you a way of redemption. This God, what manner of man is this that he's concerned about me? If he can speak to the waves, why in the world would he look at me and have compassion? But he did. I don't understand it. I can't, if you're looking for an answer, I can't give you one. It truly don't make any sense to me. It don't make any sense to me that you can sin all your life. You can sin all your life. And, and in a moment, God can make everything you did wrong right. In a moment, God can forgive you and, and wash you clean. And not only does he do that, the Bible says, but he cast it as far as the east is from the west. Meaning he don't even remember it. When you stand before him on judgment, he's not going to be concerned about everything you did. Now, everybody else around you might be. You know, that gossip and spirit running rampant in Pentecost. Well, don't get quiet on me now. Hey, I don't care how you try to cover it up. You ain't trying to pray for them better. You ought to be ashamed of yourself gossiping about your brothers and sisters. If the devil's already after him, why in the world would the people of God throw stones? He that's without sin cast the first stone. I don't care what they've been through. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they come out of. I don't care what crack house they came from. I don't care what trap house they came from. I don't care if they were prostitutes. I don't care if they did sell drugs. God had a way of escape for them. And you ought to shout with them. You ought not be casting them down. manner of man is this? Another scripture in John 2 verse 13, and the Jews Passover was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold dove take these things hence make not my father's house a house of merchandise and his disciples remembered that it was written the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up then answered this is what I want you to hear then answered the Jews and said unto him what sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things. You know what they were asking him? What right do you have to tell us? What right do you have to tell us we can't do this? You ain't, you're, you're not a Pharisee. You're not part of the Sanhedrin. You're, 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 none of, you're none of those things. So what right do you have? This is what Jesus responds. I love his response. Jesus is answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said 40 and 6 years was this temple in building and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. See some of us we just missed it but I'm going to help you. The Old Testament teaches us that the only person that can command death is God. There ain't not, nothing else in this world can command death. No person alive no other entity. Deuteronomy 13 tells us that there is no other God. So if God is the only one that can command death, he said, in three days, I'll raise myself up. He said, what you don't understand right now is that I am God Almighty, and I'm standing in my own house, and I'm telling you, don't make this a house of merchandise. If you're going to make it a house of anything, make it a house of prayer. Don't make it a house of thieves. Don't make it a den of wolves, but make it a house of prayer. See, what the Jews didn't realize then was he was telling them, I'm God. You, you see, a lot of people say God, Jesus never said he was God. But see, what, what happens is you got to really look at the scripture. Because he didn't implicitly say, 
well, I'm God. But he knew that they knew that only God can raise somebody from the dead. And then he said, but if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. I don't, I'm not going to have help from nobody else. I'm not going to have help from a demigod that you so claim. I'm not going to have help from, hey, the Bible said that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives and breathes inside of you. Hey, if Jesus raised himself up from the dead, guess what the Holy Ghost is? It's Jesus living on the inside of me. It's Jesus walking and talking with me. It's Jesus convicting my soul, correcting my heart. It's Jesus. See, when you, when you haven't gotten, see, I, I, you know, I learned this message. This one, this message, it used to not make sense to me. I'm telling you the truth. When I was young, I, I, I used to call myself studying scriptures. And here's one thing that's very interesting to me. When you read Genesis, and he says, let us go down and make man in our image, tell me why one of the oldest religions in the world, Judaism, don't see a triune nature of God. Why is it that only in Christianity we see a trinity? Matter of fact, if you ask a Jew, I looked it up. You can look it up. I, I saw it on Jews for Jews or something like that. It was an article by a rabbi, and it was talking about the resurrection. The Jews don't believe that Jesus was resurrected. They actually believe his body was stolen. The Bible tells us that in the book of Mark. To this day, I looked it up to make sure. To this day, they still believe it. And they want to say Jesus isn't legitimate. It's crazy. But to this day, the Jews still say Jesus' body was probably stolen by his followers. But this is what's very interesting. The man said in the article, he said, but if the resurrection did happen, that's what he said. If the resurrection did happen, he said, it is proof of a powerful God. He said, but it does not give me precedent for a triune God. And I, and I kept reading to, one, to give an answer to that. Why does he say that? He said, because God is very explicit in Deuteronomy that he is the only God. And if he would split his nature with a man and call him Jesus, then that would make Jesus part God. But Deuteronomy 13 says, there ain't another God. Isaiah says, there's no other God that's a savior. Isaiah 45 says that she shall bring forth a son and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Let me explain something to you. You're in the right place right now to understand Jesus is God. He's everything that you need. He's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. But thank God he gave me a name. He's Jehovah Rapha, my healer. But he gave me a name. He gave me a name above all names. He gave me a name that when I understand the power that's connected to his name, demons tremble and flee at the name. The devil can't stand to hear the name. Because scripture says, Matthew 28. You know, we get scared of Matthew 28. I don't. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and shoot into this. This is talking about the stolen body, in case y'all don't believe me. Until the chief priests, all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money. They gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. I don't know why, I don't know why people hate the oneness message so much. I, I, I've, I've tried to rack my mind around it, but you realize that everything we believe hinges who you believe Jesus is because if you don't believe Jesus is the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost you don't believe that the name you need to be buried in is Jesus 
And when you don't believe the name that you need to be buried in is Jesus, then your baptism in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is invalid. And, and there's a slew of people in this world that have given in to this false doctrine that I can be baptized either way, no way, that way. But I'm going to tell you tonight, the Bible says there is one Lord, one faith, and there ain't but one baptism. There ain't but one God who is Father of all and through all, in you all. There ain't but one. He's been emphatic that there ain't but one the whole time. And see, the thing about Pentecost is, I don't know about anybody else, but when I get to hear people telling me about the oneness message, it's, it's something inside of me that gets excited. I, I can't help myself. I, I get so excited when I hear people just breaking it down and making sure that I have an understanding that Jesus is Almighty God. But see, now we've gotten to the point in Pentecost where we get so bored with that message. We've heard it a thousand times. It's been preached at every camp meeting. It's been preached at every youth camp. It's been preached on Sundays and Tuesdays. Let me tell you something. You better not ever get bored of this message. We're living in a world where every day they're trying to come against it. You better know what you believe. You better be secured in your faith. You better be able to say, I know who Jesus is. He's the Father in creation. He's the Son in redemption. And he's the Holy Ghost in justification. I know who Jesus is. Because if we don't know, yeah. I was on my way I don't know why this happened this week, but I, I feel like it was specifically so I could tell this priestess message. But I was sitting at the Love's gas station. Now, if you know anything about Love's gas station, they're not the best. Bunch of truckers and stuff. I don't know if y'all truckers. I said that at another church and they got offended. But a bunch of truckers go to this Love's gas station. I'm literally at Subway because they had a Subway and a McDonald's, and I didn't want McDonald's, so I got Subway to get pizza. Some of y'all didn't know Subway had pizza. That's a revelation. <laughs> and he said, I'm sitting there, and I'm ordering my pizza. I, I, I'm just minding my business. And all of a sudden, I hear in the distance, that's the Council of Nicaea. Now, if you, if you know anything about Bible studies, you know that one of the main things we always talk about is the Council of Nicaea. Because that's when the oneness message was changed. Hey, you can go look it up. I ain't got no reason to lie to you. You can go look it up in the Britannica Encyclopedia. It'll tell you that the mode of baptism and the belief of one God changed at the Council of Nicaea. And this man, I hear this man say that, and I turn around and I lock eyes with him. And I thought, man, I thought I was going to get out of it. And all of a sudden, I, I said, I just get my pizzas, and I try my best to walk out of there. I did. Lord knows I did. But as I kept eavesdropping on his conversation, I could tell he was not oneness. He was Trinitarian, and whoever was on that phone was some poor preacher that was losing the battle. And so I said, okay. The man said, yeah, Jesus was never called God. He said, there ain't nowhere in Scripture that proves that. And I thought to myself, come on, Pentecostal preacher. Tell him about Isaiah 9 4. Tell him about Isaiah 45. Come on, preacher. And he said, well, let me call you back. I said, God have mercy. He's probably calling his pastor to get an answer. And I said to myself, see, the Bible says study shows that I self approved. Because if you can't give an answer, they ain't going to take the answer you call back with. Because they know you're just repeating what you heard. But see, when you know what you believe, well, help me tonight, Holy Ghost. When you know what you believe, there ain't nobody that can rob you of it. See, the problem in Pentecost, a lot of times, we got a lot of young people that they believe it, and, and they'll, they'll preach with the preacher and amen me, but they don't have any idea why they believe what they believe. You couldn't give me a one scripture to save your life other than Deuteronomy 6.4. You couldn't give me a Jesus name baptism scripture other than Acts 2.38, and sometimes they don't quote that one right. Hey, but but, but I'm, I'm trying to help somebody tonight because the battles you face out in this world, that if you think for a moment that no one's going to question what you believe, you are sadly mistaken. And you better have an answer for what you believe. 
You can't just say I believe in one God and not have any scriptures to back up why there ain't but one God. You can't say I believe women ought to wear dresses and not cut their hair and men ought to dress modestly and not have scripture. You can't say I believe you got to have the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues and not know the scripture. Well, we'll get there. And so I tried my best to walk away. But this apostolic preacher finally got off the phone and I said, well, let me go help him. And so I walked over to him and I said, hey, my friend, I said, I don't know you. You don't know me. I said, but God made me come to this gas station. I said, because to be honest, I hate loves and uh, the gas was the cheapest over here. I said, so I just came here because I don't even know why my gas tank wasn't even empty. I said, but I, I just came here. I said, God sent me here for you. I said, let me tell you something. I said, you said that there's nowhere in Scripture where Jesus was called God. He said, right. I said, you, you read the book of Isaiah? He said, I have read the book of Isaiah. I said, do you believe it's a prophetic book? Because some folks don't believe it's prophetic. I was trapping him. He didn't know it. I said, you believe it's a prophetic book? He said, I do. I said, so you believe that what Isaiah says, it's something that's going to come to pass. He said, I do. I believe that. I said, then what do you do with Isaiah 9 and 6 that says that she's going to bring forth a son? And it also says that his name should be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. I said, not only is Jesus, if he's the prophesied Messiah, I said, not only is he called the mighty God, he's also called the everlasting father. I said, not only is he called the everlasting father, he's called the prince of peace. I said, now what's a prince? A prince is a son. I said, but we know Jesus ain't the son. I said, he's the son because he had to be born. I said, but he's not the son because he's the second person of a trinity. I said, so brother, I just want you to understand something. I said, your theology's flawed. You might want to talk, call that preacher back and get a scheduled baptism as soon as you possibly can because you've got to do it in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to be honest. I ain't got any idea what he did. But I felt like my time was up and I left. I ate my pizzas and I felt happy. Then I tried to go to the gym today and was struggling. But I'm going to tell you folks something. See, when you pick up on things like that, you hear those conversations. Hey, I, I, I'm not ashamed of this message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In it is hope, in it is peace, in it is, is joy overflowing, in it is everything you need. If you need anything from God, I'm going to tell you, it's in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came, he died, he's resurrected, and he's sitting on the throne. He's waiting our coming, he's waiting our coming, he's waiting our coming. That's why the old time, they had so many of those old songs, come to the music, I'm... I'm going to wrap up. The old timers, they had so many songs where it wasn't just, it wasn't just singing the same. It was, it was doctrine. They, they wanted you to know what we believe when you came. Listen, if you walk into an apostolic church, number one, you're going to look around and you're going to see a bunch of crazy folks running the aisle. I told my trainer that I said, now I'm going to tell you. I said, you told me you was raised Catholic. I said, now the Rock Church, it's eccentric. He said, what do you mean? I said, now you might come in here I said, and they're going to be running. They're going to be shouting. He said, I like that type of stuff. I said, well, you come on then. You're going to love it. But those old timers, they used to sing songs that had doctrine in them. You know, like, I, I just love that old song. I know Jesus is Father. I know Jesus. I know I've already sang it. I'm not going to sing it again. But I, I just love that song because, because there's so much. He's the advocate, the high priest, the lamb for sinners slain. He, he, he's the author of redemption. Oh, glory to his name. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in him. Hey, you're not going to find another God tonight. You're not going to find a second God of a trinity tonight. But tonight, you walked into a house where we believe the fullness of the Godhead. It's all in him. It's all in him. It's all in him. And you know, it's almost, if I can be honest, can I be a little crass? 
it's almost a slap in the face to God to see what he's done and then to say he sent someone else in his place. When you think about it, when you really think about it, the fact that this God was so concerned about Xavier White, he was concerned about Eddie. He was concerned about Brothers for Lotsa. He was concerned about everybody in these pews. And to think that we would set him aside and say, well, we're thankful for what his son Jesus did, the second person of the Trinity. You wonder why churches get so dead? These Trinitarian churches, why some of them are so dead? It's because they don't know who they're worshiping. But see, when you have a revelation of who you're worshiping, when you have a revelation of who Jesus really is, when you realize that the God of the universe, I mean, you, you really need to realize this with me tonight. When you realize that the God who spoke this earth into existence, the God who commanded the seas and the waves, the God who flung the stars into existence, the God who put man together in dirt and then breathed into his lungs. The God who told trees to just come up out of the ground and bear fruit. The God who created animals. The God who's so, ju who's so just that he caused the flood. A God who is so powerful that he rained on Sodom and Gomorrah. The God who can do anything. He was concerned enough about you that he stepped down from his heavenly place so that you could have a way of redemption. What manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? He, he's not just a man. He's, he's more than that. He's fully man, but fully God. Jesus wasn't any other man. He came. The Bible says that the earth is his footstool. That means that God is so powerful. And, and so, I mean, does it, not just, does it not just strike anyone else with awe of how powerful this God we serve really is? You know, that's why I'm, I'm not afraid of of what this world has against me. Because when, when you have spirits that are tormenting your life, those spirits only stay because if you call the name, they are so scared of just his name. Because what they understand that we don't understand is that when we call his name, he shows up. What you got to realize tonight is in the Old Testament, God gave us so many different ways of calling on him. He gave us many different titles of who he is. Each name was an attribute of God. But this is what he says. He said, when, when we come into this, this new deal I'm doing, this new covenant I'm making with you, he said, I'm not just going to give you a title, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He said, I don't want you to call me father because I created this thing. I don't want you to call me son because I redeemed you. He said, I don't want you to call me Holy Ghost because I'm justifying you. He said, but I'm going to give you a name that no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, if you need a healer, you can call Jesus. If you need a provider, you can call Jesus. If you need a deliverer, you can call Jesus. If you need a way maker, you can just say Jesus. If, if you need a, a, a promise keeper, you can just say Jesus. If, if you need a comforter, you can just say Jesus. If you need salvation, you can just say Jesus. He said, I'm making this easy for you. I got a name I'm going to give to you. And if you use this name, it doesn't matter what circumstances you are against. I will show up and I still speak to waves. I still speak to wind. I still speak to everything that's going on in your life. Stand with me all over this building.
he hath given us a name. Not just any name. A powerful name. When, when life is stressful, I have a name. When I'm tossing and turning and can't go to sleep, I have a name. When, when, when I have depression and suicidal thoughts, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, I have a name. And when that name is called, the Bible lets me know that he begins to illuminate the circumstances. And I realize that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And he's given me a name. Come on, let's gather around this front for just a moment. I, I feel like God's trying to speak to somebody tonight. Listen, you got a name you can call. And it's just not any other name, but it's the name of the, the wisest God. It's the name of the strongest God, the most powerful God. Come on, when you come down to this altar, don't just come and don't say anything, but you ought to call the name of Jesus. You ought to call it till you feel peace. You ought to call it till you feel victory. You ought to call it till you feel calm. You ought to call it until everything around you begins to straighten up because of the name.
Jesus! 